it's been a long time coming. Um, I've not uh, had the opportunity to actually grace a pulpit in uh, about six years. And I thank God for the opportunity to do so again this morning. Uh, thank God for Thomas's confidence in me after talking uh, as much as we have and, and discussing things and, and seeing where we are uh, uh, as, as a, a spiritual body. And that's so important to, see, to, to recognize um, where you stand uh, as, as a spiritual being, so to speak, to see where you are in your relationship with Christ this morning. We're going to continue the series that Thomas, we're, we're going to finish the series that Thomas has been going through uh, in the book of Hebrews and the heroes of the faith and, and the idea of don't give up. Don't give up, don't give in, and, and don't uh, allow Satan to be the overcomer. You know, Scripture tells us greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I believe that this morning. I hope you do too. Uh, if you would be, uh, would find your place uh, in Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. Hebrews chapter 11. And we will continue uh, as we look uh, somewhat this morning at the uh, Old Testament uh, I guess you could say he is the uh, main focal point of the Old Testament next to Christ. Uh, and, and that's Moses. Moses is the one that, that uh, obviously led, his, led, led, led God's children out of Egypt. He was the one that uh, uh, led them, obviously, through the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience. But we see in the end... Uh, when Moses, uh, before Moses passed away, he was allowed to see the promised land. He wasn't allowed to enter, but God did take him up on a mountain and allow him to look down in and see the promised land. So we see that uh, there were many, many Old Testament heroes of the faith and many, many Old Testament heroes that refused to give up, that refused to give in. The world around them might have been raging, but they refused to, to turn away from what it was that God had called them to do. So in Hebrews chapter 11 this morning, I'm going to read a couple of verses then I'm going, uh, from at the beginning, and then I'm going to uh, flip over and read uh, about the last uh, 10 or so verses of, of the chapter. So Hebrews chapter 11, it's, it seems dark up here, is it? light turn on hebrews 11 chapter i'm sorry hebrews chapter 11 thank you lord <laughs> hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 through 3 reads now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. When I begin to research what this was discussing here in verse 3, 
it, it was discussing the fact that everything that was created was created out of nothing. It was spoke into existence by God. And, and it says that uh, it, it, it was, we have to accept that through faith, it was, it, that, that was the case, that it was made and, uh, by God, it was spoken into existence. It did not exist prior to that. You couldn't go out here and, and get a mound of dirt and say, okay, well, uh, here, here is what we're going to start building this with. He didn't say, well, there's a tree over here. Go get that lumber from it, and we're going to uh, begin to produce this or produce that. He, he spoke everything into existence. He had nothing to start with, but God himself was able to speak things into existence, and we have to take that on faith. And I don't know about you this morning, but I completely believe what God's Word tells us, what God's Word says, and it says that He spoke it into existence. I firmly believe that. I, I'm not going to argue with you at this point in time. We can do that later. But I believe with all my heart that He spoke this world into existence. It tells us that uh, he, he made man in His image. It, it says that He uh, took a rib from man when he seen that man was going to need a helpmate, he took a rib from man and created woman. And the world has not been the same since. Making sure I wasn't getting no rotten tomatoes hurled this way. We are going to look at, at uh, addressing faith in a, in a realm of things not seen for a few minutes, and then we're going to to transition just a little bit and I had I had studied all week and and was convinced that I was going to discuss this morning uh, Moses and the parting of the Red Sea when we talk about heroes of the faith and that was one of the things that stood out to me uh, that Moses accomplished short of, of being at the the burning bush short of going to Pharaoh for the plagues uh, short of uh, uh, you know throwing down his rod and it turning into a snake and various other things that he did. But the greatest miracle, I believe, that we see that Moses was a part of, that, that God obviously did for Moses, was when Moses held out his staff with the Egyptian army behind him. He held up his staff and, and, uh, at the Red Sea, and the Red Sea parted, and he crossed on dry ground. It wasn't that, he, that the water was not deep. It was, it was a... A God-born miracle. I believe that with all my heart this morning. But God would not allow me to continue in that passage. I had went to a passage in Exodus dealing with the Red Sea. Quick story. Had a Bible that I've had for 18 years. My mom and dad gave it to me for Christmas in 2003. Had put it up Wednesday or th Thursday, I believe it was was gone all day, had, had blocked our, our bedroom off from one of our dogs getting in there. And apparently he got bored and managed to move the trash can and, and uh, the dog food buckets and managed to get into the bedroom. And that Bible that I have held so dear and that I felt so good having had for 18 years and it was finally out of storage and back in my hands, the book of Exodus doesn't really exist anymore. You could say the dog ain't my homework, brother. 
Yes, yes. That is the truth. He, he, and, and I could have got angry really, really quick, especially with that dog. He's a pit bull, you know, belongs to Adam over here. So I could have gotten angry, but, but it broke my heart more so than anything. And I had another Bible, hence this, that I'm, that I'm uh, reading from this morning, that was with that Bible. Same spot, laying one on top of the other. They both wound up in the floor, and from best I can tell, he's not munched on this one at all. And God got a hold of my heart and began to tell me and work in my heart and told me that, that it was not about the Bible that I used to deliver the message from. It was about the message that God was giving me to bring this morning. That the Bible was simply a... Uh, earthly possession that I held dear and, and I had to it had to be proved to me I think so that uh, I could uh, more freely speak that it wasn't about the particular Bible that the message come from as long as the Bible was the word of God and that's what I used and that's where the, the message come from excuse me it did not matter uh, which Bible it actually come from so having had a uh, uh, a panic moment on Thursday, and here we are on Sunday to start over. Verse, my, my first point here this, this morning is looking at fa uh, faith in the realm of things unseen. Now, we've seen back in uh, uh, verse 1, and if uh, you have been a, a born-again Christian in a Baptist church for very long, you will know that he said uh, that, and I believe the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, says that now faith, in verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. Faith brings about a, a hope and a desire in us that, that should be so strong and so permanent that, that whatever the world throws at us, we will look at it and and say, is that all you've got? I'm scared to say that myself. You probably are too. But that is where our faith should be. That's how much faith we should have in what God is capable of doing. So I look at faith in things, uh, uh, the substance of things unseen. Is there anybody in here this morning that does not have faith in the pews you're sitting on. I hope you do. You're sitting on them. They're holding you up. If they were, if you didn't have faith in these pews, uh, then I don't think any one of you would have sat down in them this morning. I, I look at every chair or whatever it is that I'm going to be sitting on. I always look at it very carefully, uh, even if it's from a distance, to make sure that whatever I'm fixing to sit down on, I'm not fixing to have to get up from in a hurry. Uh, when you're my size, you don't move in a hurry. You, you just uh, uh, do, you move as, as gracefully, tactfully as you can. I look at, at when we think about the fact that uh, gravity is, is holding us to the pews. Gravity's keeping me from floating away. Well, mainly gravity. The weight has something to do with it, but... Gravity keeps us from, from floating away. It, it, 
the faith that we have in the pews and holding us up makes a big difference because, like I said, if we didn't have the faith in the pews to, to hold us up, then why would we have sat down there this morning? Think about this. Anybody in here this morning um, happen to walk to get here? You all got in a car or a, a, a truck or a vehicle, did you not? You had faith that when you hit the ignition switch in that vehicle this morning, that the battery that was under, can't say under the hood anymore because a lot of them aren't there anymore, but you had faith that the battery in that vehicle was going to start it, didn't you? I did. Didn't even think twice about it this morning. Continuing in that thought, uh, did, you have, did you have faith this morning that when you pulled up to the first intersection you encountered in your car, when you hit the brake pedals, the brake, brake pedal, did it stop? Mine did, and I didn't think twice about it. I didn't question it. Even after <laughs> writing out all of this, I still never even thought about it. This morning when I hit the brake pedal, it, my truck stopped. And, and I, I certainly hope all of yours did. I look at... The fact that if the brake pedal didn't stop, some of us wouldn't be here this morning. Some of us wouldn't have made it from, uh, uh, from our house to here in one piece. So the faith that you had in the uh, pews holding you up this morning is a, a faith that is unseen. I guess you could say I see it from here because I see it holding all of you up. The faith that you had, <coughs> you had in that battery, um, so odd to think about lead and acid being together uh, in that battery and it holding power. And when you hit that switch, that power in turn turns the starter over, which turns the engine over, which starts, and here you are. You had faith in that battery getting you here. And then you had faith that when you hit that brake pedal this morning, it was going, the car, the vehicle was going to stop. And I was a mechanic for a long time. I have been in the automotive industry for a long time. And so having seen just about every scenario possible with the braking system, it, it's a miracle that some of them on the road today still work. Um, that, that the faith that we need to hit that brake pedal to know that our vehicle is going to stop uh, is faith in a thing is 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 an unseen faith we don't know what's going to happen when we do that moving on looking at uh, my next point think about this for a minute when we need something or we desire something in a physical human form and we don't know where that's going to come from we're not sure where the healing is going to come from. We're not sure where our next meal is going to come from. We're not sure where uh, the next bill is going to get paid from. What is the first thing or sometimes the last thing that we tend to do when we're in a situation of dire straits? 
pray. We pray asking God to make a way for whatever is happening, whatever situation we're dealing with or whatever's going on in our lives, we ask God to make a way for that to happen. I am incredibly guilty of not praying first, not putting God first in uh, trying to make things happen. I, am, I, I struggle with having a complete faith in God, knowing that Scripture teaches us that if we ask in faith and believe in faith that he's going to provide whatever it is that, that we need, not so much what we want, but certainly what we need, where is that going to put us? Are we not, are, do we not have the faith that our God is capable of delivering uh, uh, the Israelites from the Egyptian army when he parted the Red Sea? Are we not capable of understanding that the faith that Moses had that this was going to happen when he held up his staff simply because God told him to, that the, the Red Sea was parted and, and the Egyptians, the, the Israelites went across on dry ground and the Egyptians that followed soon after, it tells us that, that they were swallowed up in the water. It tells us that they were marred up in mud. It tells us that the wheels fell off of their chariots. Uh, imagine seeing the Israelites go before you on dry ground and then as you and your army goes to go through it, all of a sudden you're marred up in the mud that didn't exist five minutes ago or 24 hours ago, whatever the time frame was. I have to believe that Scripture does teach us that there was a, uh, a cloud that come up so that the Israelites could cross before the Egyptians could get there. But I have faith that God is the one that, that parted the Red Sea for Moses for the Israelites to go across. They were God's chosen people, were they not? I look at it when, when we begin to pray uh, that our purpose in praying is often... Uh, uh, I may step on your toes. I stepped on my own here. Our purpose in praying is often selfish or self-centered uh, of our own evil lustful uh, greedy spiteful mm, that one might hurt of our own desires we often misuse prayer as a as a a crutch as a crutch that we use uh, uh, after we see uh, with our own two legs that we can't do it under our own power and under our own strength and often we don't have the faith to to call out to God in prayer because we've tried and we've tried under our own power and in our own might but the fact is, if we would have quit trying under our own power and under our own might and quit trying to use prayer as a crutch or a third wheel, if you will, we often could have been so much further ahead of where we're at today than where we would have been had we started out by praying. I think this morning our purpose in praying 
would be for God to hear and answer our prayers according to his will. And scripture teaches us that he will provide according to his riches in glory. Um, we pray for the sick. We pray for healing. We pray for our finances. We pray for our own household. Uh, another big one that stuck out to me. We pray for our children. We pray for that our children would, would have the relationship with Christ that we would so desire to see them uh, grow up in or, or to live in. And so often, as we begin to pray this for our children, we're not in that same boat. We should be in that boat leading our children into that right relationship with Jesus Christ, teaching them, walking with them, helping them along the way, providing for them, and teaching them when the time comes to pray, how to pray, who to pray to, because it's not going to be Muhammad, it's not going to be uh, Buddha, it's not going to be Hare Krishna, it's not going to be a president or a worldly leader, it's going to be God himself. And we have to stand in faith this morning, knowing that if we pray out to a holy and righteous and perfect God, where the book of Titus tells us that he cannot lie, he said that he would provide for our need, did he not? Has he not told us, every one of us in here who ha has clothing on, uh, I haven't wore a pair of pants in three years. I wear shorts, Brent, don't, don't look at me like that. But I haven't had, to have, haven't had to wear a pair of pants in three years. God provides when we don't know of a way things are going to be met. The need is going to be met. We don't know. But in the end, God is faithful. And he provides uh, according to our needs. If you found yourself this morning under persecution, great persecution, real persecution, where would you find yourself this morning in your walk with God, in your faith, in your uh, wisdom and understanding of things? Where would you find yourself at? Would your faith be sustained? Would you be walking in the right relationship with God that he would have you to walk in? I want to look at verse 30, verse 32 of Hebrews and read through the end of the chapter and then the beginning of chapter 12. It won't take us long. Verse 32 of Hebrews chapter 11. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell you of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson, and of Japheth, of David also, and of Samuel, and of the prophets. He's talking about these other heroes of the faith. He says, who through faith subdued kingdoms. Think about this. Think about what David did in, in subduing kingdoms and overcoming. And it says that he, uh, they wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, 
waxed valiant and fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Verse 35, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, literally sawed in two. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. All, I'm sorry, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. And verse 40 says, God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. I look at something that's going on in your life this morning. There is obviously many, many things that we could each one stand up this morning and testify that we're going through battles. We're going through uh, heartache. We're going through destruction. We're going through financial woes and worries. We're going through battles of things unseen, things that, you, that, that others don't know about, things that you don't want others to know about, battles that you may be facing with, with uh, uh, lust or, or greediness or, or, again, like I said, spitefulness. Lord, help us. But we, we can be spiteful and, and, man, ugly, ugly word. Our trials and tribulations cause us to struggle in our faith with God, doesn't it? Have I shared, I, I shared with the uh, B3 class, I think, and maybe even on the, uh, the, the Thursday night Zoom class when we were doing that. Benny, so very often, will have a self-loathing pity party. Anybody else in here ever had one of them? I, I, I don't tell me because I, I, I know you have. And, and we look at what we're dealing with. We're looking at, we look at what we're, we're struggling with. We look at the things of, of, of the earth that are just destroying what little bit of faith and hope we had left. And we, and we see the world uh, uh, spinning so fast that we can't seem to catch a break or catch a grip. But God. But God, if it were not for God, we would be in so much worse shape than, than any of us in here this morning are. Could it be said this morning that your faith could stand the test of time? Could it be said this morning that your faith could stand up against what Satan's throwing at you? Could it be said this morning that your faith could stand against the wiles of the devil? Of what we might find ourselves uh, turned upside down in? Can it be said that the trials and tribulations of this present day whittle away at what faith we do have? 
but our faith in God should sustain us. Our faith in God should make a way for us to stand firm in whatever it is that Satan throws at us. It has not been an easy week for me. Like I said, the Bible situation uh, Thursday could have really turned things upside down for me. But I think that it was a, uh, a presence of God, y'all, that, uh, that made me understand that it was not about the words that were printed on the black and white page, or black, sorry, wasn't the black, and black words printed on the white pages. I'll get it right in a minute. It was about the message found therein. And God said that we would take his word and hide it in our heart, did he not? that not what he's teaching us and so recognizing that i had another bible at, at hand um i had a, a piece about that one being uh, d destroyed essentially I, I had a piece about it being okay that that i had another bible to back up to it wasn't like at the last men's meeting, when I had to use my mother's pink Bible. <laughs> and it had her name on it. Um, I'm just thankful that I wasn't uh, ridiculed or poked or prodded because of that. Too bad, anyway. No matter what situation this morning you find yourself in, no matter what's going on, in this world today don't give up don't give in don't turn back to the wicked ways of the world you know i think about our forefathers who we've talked about the last several weeks and again today and that we look at the fight and struggle that they had throughout all of history how easy would it have been for them to give up? How easy would it have been for them to turn back to the world and forsake all that God had done for them? And, and just look at Job. If you don't know the story of Job, take time to read that sometimes. God told Satan that, he said, Have you seen my righteous man? Have you seen my upright man? And Satan told him, he said, Let me take everything that he's got essentially, I'm paraphrasing. Let me take everything that he's got, and we'll see how upright and righteous he is. And in the end, having lost everything, Job stood firm. Job kept the faith. Even after his wife said, curse God and die, Job, don't have, you don't have to endure this anymore. You can. Is that Jesus? He said, you don't have to give up and give in. Stand firm. And that's what he did. My third point this morning. And final, of course. Is our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We should have, we, we've looked at the, the faith of unseen things things that we did not know or understand, things that we couldn't make eye contact with, but we knew in our heart existed. We knew in our heart was real. And then we've got 
the faith that we find ourselves having when we pray and when we seek God's face and when we seek God uh, in, in all that he's doing and we're trusting in him to provide and make a way. And then this morning we also see that we have to have faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. I'm going to take a minute here this morning and, and just walk you down a, a, a path real quick. It won't take much longer. Verse number 12. It's terrible getting old, isn't it? Verse number 12. I'm sorry. Chapter number 12. Chapter number 12 of the book of Hebrews, looking at verses 1 and 2. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with with such a great cloud, or so a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And he continues in verse number 2. He says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He sits down at the right hand of God the Father this morning, making intercession for me and you through our prayers and through uh, uh, being the uh, uh, one... Uh, Excuse me. That was that was crucified on the cross. He was the one that that was uh, uh, sent to a uh, tomb uh, to be buried for our sins, for my sins. Didn't even have to be yours, but for mine. So, looking here, I want to ask you this morning if you are truly saved. Are you trusting? And the Lord Jesus Christ this morning as your Lord and Savior. A couple of quick points here. To be saved, you actually have to believe that you're a sinner. A sinner in need of a Savior. The Bible tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, a really good, strong passage on faith this morning. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. For it is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, Not of works, lest any man should boast. You do realize that there is absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing you can do on your own to obtain forgiveness of sin. You, you, have, you do not have the ability within you to be forgiven of your own. To, to, you don't have the ability to forgive yourself for your own sin. Does that make sense? I can't forgive you for your sins. I can forgive you for some, something that you've done to me. I can forgive you for, for the way that you've treated me. But I can't forgive your multitude of sins this morning. I can't turn from 
I can't help you see. Uh, uh, I can't. For, I can't. Nothing I have that I can do for you, short of prayer, that's going to help you realize your need for a savior, uh, other than pointing out your sin. And that's no fun, is it? It's not fun to have our sins pointed out by someone else, much less uh, uh, God pointing out our own sins to us. So I want you to realize there's nothing you can do on your own and of your own accord to obtain forgiveness for your sin this morning. Number three, believe in faith that Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected, having arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave this morning. Romans 10, 9 tells us, again, we look at, we, we're looking at a, a message of faith. Romans 10, 9 tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Not might be, not could be, not possibly. This is thou shalt be saved. We have to do that through a, a heart of faith, through knowing that Jesus is uh, uh, the, the author and finisher of our faith, like verse 1 said in chapter 12. To close this morning, I want to ask you this. The heroes of the faith knew that their reward was not of this world. They recognized in their hearts that while giving up would have been so much easier and facing the torturous death than facing the torturous death that some of them faced. They never gave up. They never gave up and endured in faith for the greater reward. The greater reward is heaven, folks. There is an eternal life. There is a life that is going to continue on after your earthly life. Your body, your physical body will die. That's guaranteed. It's going to happen. Even in the rapture, the physical body will cease to exist no more. The heroes of the faith endured to see it through to the end and recognized that the greater uh, reward was heaven, not the things of this world. So I'll ask you this morning, where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Where are you in your relationship with your family this morning? Where are you in relationship to acknowledging before a holy and righteous God that you are a sinner and need a Savior? Are you on the edge of giving up this morning? Do you find yourself this morning struggling, wanting to know uh, why you find yourself in the position you're in. That you have done well, you've been pretty good, you, you've not been out uh, living in a, a life of sin in this wicked world, but you still can't figure out why you're in the, why you're in the shape you're in this morning. Maybe you're here this morning 
and you aren't sure you've ever put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, why not make this morning, why not make today the day of reckoning? Why not make today the day that you have completely put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? We're going to have a time of invitation this morning, and it's going to be a little different. We're not going to have any singing, I don't think. Uh, we're just going to have a type of uh, a time of reflection, a time to to look in and of yourself and to see where you stand, and to see how uh, where you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ, and to recognize that by through your faith in Him, you can be saved this morning. So if you find yourself this morning struggling, wanting to know what else is available, what else you can do, recognize that you can give your heart and life over to Jesus and that it's very simple to do. I'll be available down here to pray with you should you need it. The altar's open for any need, any reason. Uh, brother, would you begin our hymn? Uh, I'm going to uh, lead us in a word of prayer and then you will have opportunity to come as you see fit. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we stop this morning to say thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for this time that you've given us to be here, that you've drawn us together in like mind and in one accord. Father, if there be one in the midst of the sound of my voice that doesn't know you today as their personal Savior, God, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day that they would draw, be drawn to you through the Holy Spirit and that they would recognize their need for a Savior. Lord, I pray that you would help them to see they have the ability to be forgiven from their sins and that through the resurrected through the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning they too can have the free gift of salvation Father I believe with all my heart that eternity is real that there's a heaven and that there's a hell and that every one of us is going to spend eternity in one of the two places and Father, if there's one here that doesn't know today that heaven is their eternal home, heaven is their eternal reward, God, I pray that you help them to see that need and that you would draw them into a right relationship today. Father, I pray for the sick, those that are suffering this morning, those that need a touch from above, those that need a healing from your precious omnipotent hand God I pray that you would provide that according to thy will Lord I pray that you give comfort to those suffering this morning make a way where there seems to be no way provide for those that aren't sure where their next meal's coming from provide for those that aren't sure how that next bill's going to be paid God, I pray that your will be done over and above all things. Lord, we thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. If you would, stand together this morning. I ask you to do that, so if there be one that feels the need to come forward, that they wouldn't feel that they wouldn't feel overwhelmed by having to stand up in a congregation that's sitting down. That they would see their that their brothers and sisters are here today to to help them, to love on them, to, to rec- help them to recognize they're not alone. Alone is a nasty place. It's an ugly place. And some of us struggle with that. And I pray that you would seek help, seek a loved one, seek a friend, that you might be drawn closer to God through that. I will give us another moment of time of reflection. And if all hearts and all minds are clear this morning, then uh, we will be dismissed. Anyone else this morning? Thank you for coming this morning.